podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. G'day, my name's James Baldwin and welcome to Oz F1. It's great to have your company for this episode, our 2020 Review Podcast. A massive shout out to you if you've been following us all year. We've really enjoyed doing the journey with you. 2021 is going to be bigger and better, I promise. But stick with us for this podcast as we talk about our favourite moments of the year, all of the happenings with COVID and the new tracks and the driver market and plenty more. So stick with us for this episode of Oz F1. Great to have your company here on Oz F1. Uh, Campy's a little bit preoccupied. So before we say good day to him, it's a very big hello to you, Tommy T. G'day. And Campy, my man. How you doing? Boys, how are you? I hope you had a good Christmas and New Year's and all that. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Uh, if you're listening, it's uh, it's great to have your company here in 2021. A less shit year already than well, uh, 2020. Not for our European, not for our European listeners. It sounds like they're going through a bit of what we went through earlier on the year. Uh, yeah, no, not- there is no hope, I can assure you of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, it's a very positive start to 2021 here by Thomas J. Camp. Uh, if you'd like to read more about his uh, looking into the future, he's got a crystal ball, I'm sure. It's thomasjcamp.com.au forward slash crystal ball. I know everything. Oldest Boys, joke in 2020 uh, was a bit of a year. Lots of people have said on podcasts and everything, it's like, we didn't expect 2020. Well, we did because it came after 2019. So it was a year that happened. Um, we were very... Very glad to have some Formula One races. And I thought on this podcast, as we <laughs> reviewed everything, uh, we should start right at the very beginning uh, of the whole Formula One season properly. And that was the announcement that uh, Seb Vettel wasn't going to be driving for Ferrari in 2021. So let's talk about the driver market to begin with. Tommy T, you know, if you cast your mind way back to halfway through the year before we started it feels this season, that, doesn't it? it? Uh, we, were, we were talking at the time about, well, this is, uh, this is an interesting move. Surely, where is he going to go? He's probably going to start throwing Ferrari under the bus. But uh, he ended up being the consummate general, didn't he, in, uh, and professional, yeah. and stayed that course. It, it was just odd to, to know that he wasn't going to be driving in that car the next year. Mm. I think there was, there was three moves, wasn't there? There was Seb, Carlos, and Danny. Mm-hmm. All happened before we had a race. Yep. So it was just super weird to, to think about that. But... I was very impressed with Seb not throwing Ferrari under the bus. We thought he would be professional, but I'm actually at st- at gobsmacked at how much he held that up because he had every right to flame them for some of the shenanigans they were pulling. Um, but, yeah, I think we, we all kind of expected it was going to be a competitive team and there was really no other option other than what is now Aston Martin. So it was kind of inevitable, really, from our point of view, um, it was just kind of they needed to get their ducks in a row before they announced it. James actually got that prediction right when he said Ferrari will be behind McLaren and they'll be behind Renault and possibly uh, Racing Point at the start of the year too. So You, you can hold on because I've got a couple of, that I've got right. So just, <laughs> yeah, I've got a few right too. Don't worry about that. Campy, you change your mind every week. Of course you get one right eventually. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> 
Should we ask Bryony what's wrong with that? Shane Warne does it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I think about Shane Warne, I think about you on the same bloody yes. level. Long tips under that beanie. <laughs> oh. How is your hair treatment going? No, you're wrong, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, mine's not. <laughs> Tommy, also that's missing. a very uh, aerodynamic receding hairline you got there. Slick. Yeah, the front yeah. of your head oh, looks like it's been designed by Adrian Newey. Oh, it's really so shiny now. Chats and battle, baby. Good. Uh, but you're oh, right. So it. before we even started the season, we had all of this nonsense. Uh, we were all happy, weren't we, that McLaren was the right decision for Danny Rick. We spoke about this uh, before in our pre-season, a proper pre-season podcast, yep. that Danny Rick had made the right decision to go to McLaren. We'd called on him to do that before he had announced uh, Carlos Sainz, fantastic in 2019. He did a great job. He also did yep. a great job in 2020, to be perfectly honest, uh, compared to Lando. Uh, he's going in a good direction. Uh, when Ferrari never really get their stuff together, I think we'll see him challenging Leclerc probably a little bit closely than we thought would have been uh, at the beginning. Uh, and he departed McLaren on really good terms. He said that Zach yeah. Brown, sorry, had said that he performed above expectations. So that was good. It, I mean, look, he's a good example of someone leaving the Red Bull Junior program and going in a good direction. So who knows for someone like Pierre Gasly down the track, that might be a good thing. But of course, Danny Rick into McLaren. Um, as I said before the podcast started, I've started watching basketball, uh, which is good, and I've chosen my team based on the McLaren colours, so I'm going for the New York Knicks. It's specifically also why I'm drinking this beer. Um, nothing more than it tastes delicious and the colours are the same. But I am so excited. Campy, you just mentioned Danny Rick before in the new G'day t-shirt for McLaren. Uh, this has yeah. to be a good year for him, doesn't it? It will be a good year. I think he's uh, he's been driving impeccably over the last two years. I don't think he got the credit for it uh, in the car that he was in in 2019. 2020 was a spectacular season for him. Probably could have got a bit more out of it if luck had gone his way, but he's sitting very prime. He's a better driver than Lando. He's a better driver than Carlos Sainz. With a Merc in the back of that car, I, mm. I, I, I don't think they'll challenge Red Bull, but... I tell you what, it wouldn't surprise Close. me if they come out and it was a Merck McLaren one two for the year and Danny Rick's consistently on the podium and consistently getting being the driver that we know that he that he ha, that he has been. Yeah. Get some of the success that we saw in twenty fourteen, uh, sixteen and seventeen for him, so Yep. And talk about a guy leaving a team. Like, what a way to leave. Yeah. He was outstanding this year and he knew he was leaving, but that didn't stop him putting in and really putting Renault well ahead of where they should have been with that car. Ockham was not doing anything to help that team move forward. So Danny Rick has left that in a much better spot for Nando next year, which is I'm sure he's stoked with. Yeah, but the way that the, both teams, Red Bull and Renault, talk about Daniel Ricciardo, Daniel Ricciardo, not only in the driver because he's accomplished and he's good, but off track, the personality, the relationships yep. that he's able to build really easily because of his personality, I think, and what it does for an organisation when it gets people behind you and talk about building teams behind the driver in F1, some of the greats talk about that. Um, Danny Ricks, he's, I've said this before, he's as good as out of the car as anybody that has ever driven ever before. So, yep. yeah, big things him next year, or this year, I'm bloody excited, actually. <laughs> bloody get it going already. 
Yeah, I'm bloody keen. Uh, Renault, sad to lose. Danny Rick, and I think you're right. I mean, there's a couple of drivers this year that drove their pretty average performing cars well above where they were really yep. in the field, especially compared to their teammates. And he's definitely one of those. Uh, I think Fernando will benefit absolutely. It's been also good for Fernando to be in the Renault camp for the last couple of months as we've seen that uptick in terms of Danny Rick performing really well. Uh, yeah, Ocon got that second, but really I think Danny Rick getting that those two thirds are more sort of consistent for the team and that's where they're going to be aiming for. Um, But it's probably not going to be the case when he's in a McLaren, which is exciting for all of us, to be honest. Uh, But uh, I'm excited to see that. I'm also excited to see uh, Fernando Alonso back in. Uh, Seb Vettel, uh, if you cast your mind back to 2019 when we had the, uh, you know, so long farewell, uh, it's we're going to miss you, or 2018, I should say, and everyone's doing donuts at Abu Dhabi and it's like Seb's like, see you when you get back. (laughs) Yeah. It was inevitable, wasn't it? He can't stay out of a car. Which is good, you know, because it it sort of shuns this younger driver thing, which everyone, if you listen to this podcast, know that I have a thing against let's just bring every (laughs) single young driver into the sport as we possibly can. That's exactly what F1's done again this year. Which is just ridiculous. But anyway, Fernando, coming down the the older spectrum, fantastic. Uh, Nico Hockenberg, we have to mention this in the driver market because he wasn't really around, but he came in three times, as uh, Campy uh, told me a little bit earlier, or corrected me, I should say. Once he didn't even start because Racing Point forgot the keys. And the other two times he performed amazingly well. Uh, Points in both races. Talk to us about Hulk and and his return and what that meant for the sport. Uh, It was good. I think after his year with Danny Rick, we uh, we weren't sad. We were sad to see him go, but his results didn't warrant him a drive. Mm. When he came back, and particularly this year when we realised how good Danny was against um, Esteban Ocon and spanked him all year, we realised what sort of driver... Nico Hogenberg is. He's not in that bottom grade, but he's in that teetering on the top class and the and the middle and the middle uh, the middle class that B team. Mm-hmm. And for his performances this year, off the bat, you know, body wise, neck wise, getting the muscles right, he was a superstar. And it was good to see him yeah. around the grid. I hope we see him again in future, but sadly, I, I think it's probably uh, his F1 dreams probably over. Mm. I think it was between him and Perez for that Red Bull seat, and uh, yeah. from all the rumours we heard, Max and his team actually wanted Hulk over Perez, but you can't deny what Perez was doing on track week in, week out this year, and that's yeah. ultimately what cost Hulk. Hulk was uh, there for three races, actually got to race in two and had one DNF and still came 15th in the drivers. <laughs> so yeah. there you bloody go. Yeah, star. performed incredibly well. He's a star. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll miss him, but uh, hopefully he drives something interesting next year. In um, Sona, I prefer to see him on the grid than half the grid that's on there at the moment. Well, so. I was yeah. about to say, uh, it's interesting. It's sad Mazepin's that really... It, well, it's sad, really, that Hulk Dickhead. doesn't get a drive. Stoffel Van Dorn doesn't get a drive. Come Eilat even doesn't get a drive. Look yeah. at me talking about someone younger. And these people do. Now, Mick Schumacher, I will say, deserves a drive because he won F2. He did that. Fantastic. Yep. You deserve to step up. In my mind, that's acceptable. If you win Formula yeah. 3, you should step into Formula 2, which Oscar Piastri has done. If you've won Formula yes. 2, so like, fine. But you're not. It's like, okay, if you were the top 15, apparently, in F2, then you can have access to Formula 1. No, no, stop that. It doesn't. shouldn't work like that. Um, Schumacher, he's in. We've sort of, we'll see how he does this year. It's a great name. But Mazepin... The greatest name. Is the greatest name. But Mazepin 
Come on, guys. No. Like, there's this whole hashtag we say no don't. to Mazepin movement, and I don't bloody blame you. He seems like an absolute tosser, to be perfectly honest, and yeah. doesn't value add over someone like Nico, Nico Hulkenberg. Uh, yeah. I still don't get it, but that's we, okay. Hopefully, oh. no one talks to him this year or this year. Well, he does value add because he brings money. So, and okay. Well, this is <laughs> like you point this out, Kimmy, but. To be honest, if we're moving to this cost cap kind of world, does the matter money matter anymore? Because you can't actually spend it. I mean, it's obviously going somewhere, mm. and it's obviously paying some things, yeah. and there's those exclusions from the cost cap. But there's surely a point where, like, all of these dudes are rich, all these dudes are bringing money. There's a point where it doesn't matter how much more than the threshold it is. So why wouldn't you take a hold? You surely could get enough money to contribute to that team. Yeah, but it's like George Russell. He has zero financial backing behind him. No commercial sponsors backing him. And he did it the hard way. And the fact Mm. that he got his drive in Williams based on merit, I think we're always going to see half of the grid get drives based on merit and then the other half are going to be money drivers. It's just unfortunate. But where these team owners can save money, they're going to save money. And if that's Mm. by a paid driver, so be it. I don't want to see it like that. We've got a new Concord agreement, which is supposed to um, disperse the funds that go around in F1 more evenly for moving into the future. So it's sustainable. So, you know, in three years' time, it's going to be $130 million to run the team. I think it's horseshit because that $130 million, Ferrari's going to possibly be getting 55 to 65% mm. of their total operating budget coming from the FIA just because they've been there too long. If you just yep. cap it across and then keep the competition in the constructors and you say first yep. gets X amount, second gets six X amount, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But yeah. So obviously for these teams like Eugene Haas, who doesn't just run an F1 team, he's got IndyCar teams, he's got NASCAR teams. I believe he's got a sponsors a, um, a, 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 a MotoGP thing in America. I can't remember what it's called. Um it's not the super bikes, but it's like it's an American only one. So I mean, this guy's operating budget on top of his technologies and all the CNC stuff that they do. I mean, he's spending money, and if he can save it by putting a shit driver in and getting Mick Schumacher for all the marketing and everything that comes with that, it's probably a no-brainer from a business standpoint. But from a fan standpoint, we don't want to see it. At least for Haas this year, uh, we've they've seen there's a, now a Haas hub, good, in Ferrari. Uh, so it, it genuinely seems the last podcast we did, we spoke about them being the sort of the Ferrari junior proper team now. Um, <laughs> that seems definitely to be the case in yep. this. Uh, the other person that I want to talk about who, like Hulk, was Jack Aitken, who stepped in when George Russell stepped up to Mercedes, did a, a great job, uh, also deserved to, to, or deserves rather to be uh, in the grid probably for next year over someone like Mazepin and has been reserved driver for Williams for a while. This is, uh, it was a, I mean, apart from ripping his front wing off, if you're going to do it anywhere, do it in front of the pits, as he did yep. and managed to pull off. But, uh, Again, another good, solid F2 performer. He'll probably stay in F2 for this year and, and see where he goes. But he's someone that performed very well in front of the camera as well as on track. Uh, and I think yeah. that goes a long way too. So better than Latifi. If you don't mind swapping those two over, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> and Fittipaldi had a flash and then bow. Who? Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, he did a good job uh, though, to be fair to him. After yeah. Both of them did good jobs. And that's when yeah. Haas were like, well, no, you are a reserve driver. We are going to choose you instead of Mercedes yes. and everyone else. So, right. Stoffel credit- didn't need a drive in Mercedes. <laughs> he had a no, chance no, two years in McLaren and he shit the bed on 42 qualifying sessions against Fernando Alonso. So... 
I get it. So he get had it. his chance and he stuffed it. He didn't deserve that drive in the McLe- in the in the Mercedes. So after Abu Dhabi finished, uh, we all had a lot of time to say goodbye to Danny Kvyat, which was the worst kept secret, I think, on the grid that Sonoda was <laughs> replacing him. Um, really crap of Red Bull and uh, wonderful, Kvyat released it. fantastic, happy culture man himself, uh, really proving that he has literally no idea how to do things, uh, saying that it was, in fact, Sonoda. Shame for Kvyat that we said goodbye to him a second time. Campy, you've had uh, had sort of things to say about him all year in terms of outperforming Gasly. Yeah, I think I think his season's over, overshadowed by Gasly's win. Yeah, um, we all mm. jumped on this bandwagon. Gasly got a podium last year, but Kvyat got a podium too. Um, I think out of the three drivers, Albon, Kvyat, and um, Gasly in the top team. It was Danny Kvyat that was a better driver than all three of them put together. Um, do I? I think it's sad for him. I think he's. I think he's overshadowed by Gasly. In saying that, he's had two chances, three chances at F one now. If you don't, you've got to take chances at some stage. And let's get yeah. real, he hasn't been setting the circuit a lot and setting the paddock <laughs> like, a lot. Yeah, in the sense, he's not that like he's, a Hulk in that respect. Where you totally. go, given the opportunity, he would. Benefit, I think we kind of go, Kvyat's good, but he's never going to be that given-the-opportunity guy who will get podiums consistently. I just don't know but if But maybe the Red level. Bull environment was the wrong environment for him. It more and more makes me think that might have something to do with it, uh, what, to be honest. What, what, the more people coming out of this, leaving that young driver program and moving elsewhere and actually shining kind yeah. of suggests that. Put Kvyat, sure. Imagine Kvyat in that racing point. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah, of Stroll, yeah. imagine some of the imagine the conversations we would have been having because he's a better driver mm. than Stroll in my opinion. Yep, not as good as Checo. Yep, but some of the performances yep. that Kvyat would have had would have warranted him a drive in this sport for the next five years. But it's I can see why Red Bull made the decision. Yeah, but Sonoda, yeah. young boy from Japan, having a crack. Uh, he'll be a barrel of laughs on the radio if you haven't watched Formula Two. His him on radio on F two is actually hilarious. He swears a hell of a lot, which is uh, not <laughs> great for the TV director, but funny for us. Um, uh, he's got a barrel on him. He's a bit like Gordon Ramsay. I love what he did for the F bomb a few years ago. <laughs> Bring it back, I reckon. Come on, you. <laughs> uh, this is a lot to do with keeping Honda on board as well, well isn't it? Oh. Yeah, if we're not mistaken. Yeah. And that's for what sure. pieces me off about him getting. Come a drive. on, Campy, give it to him. Yeah. Uh, look, I, look. You should drivers should get their job on merit and being the best of the best, not because Honda's Japanese and they want a Japanese driver. It's great for marketing. It's great for Honda. But Honda again have pulled out for 2022. They'll be back in by the end of 2022, looking for someone to support in 2023. It's what the Japanese do. They can't. Castle be Honda powered. They couldn't fucking make their <laughs> mind up about anything if they tried. So. <laughs> Just go and jump online and look at Honda's global um, money making throughout. I think it was their total revenue last year was like 162 billion across all platforms. You telling me you can't buddy put in 150 million bucks to go racing and then another couple of hundred here? Give me a break. I mean, they'll be back in the sport and we'll be having the same conversation that we've had consistently over the last two decades about Honda. I hope Yuki Sonoda does well. <laughs> what a sign off. That is, yeah, that's not the sign Dismount. off I was expecting. <laughs> Dismount. Thanks, Yuki. Uh, Over to you. No, Good but, boy. No, but Honda's done this across other sports as well. Yeah, they've they done have. It. You're they've, right. They've done it, with, they've done it in um, this sport. Yeah, they've done it in motocross. I mean, they pulled their support from a Geico, which 
at Glocko Honda. Now it's gone to a Honda HRC, but they're pulling their support massively out of motorsport worldwide. And in six months' time, it'll be back, and that's what pisses me off. Yeah. yeah. In and out, in and out, in and out. They're like a goody teenager at times. Just cannot figure out what they really want. <laughs> uh, we'll start calling Sonoda Caddy Perry then. Um, and in terms, but it, of course, Sonoda being there, it means Albon uh, is not. We were told as well after Abu Dhabi that Checo indeed was replacing Albon, which was the right decision. I think uh, oh. Helmet obviously listened to the last podcast we did and oh. feared being talked to by Campy, so made the right call. Yeah, um, shit in front of him. But, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Bit like Tony Abbott on Vladimir Putin. <laughs> yeah, that would have worked a treat. Um, but uh, it also means that obviously there's no seat for, for Albon. He's the reserve driver for Red Bull, which basically means goodbye. Uh, and he's going to be yep. doing very intensive oh, testing and oh, support yeah. for 2022. Oh, I'll actually think Albon will be back in the Red Bull fold. You heard I, really, I think they if will. If we look at the history, I think you're right. I think he will be. <laughs> they really did want to take Checo. They you left it. Uh, they love him. I don't know why. I, I think he'll be back in the fold. Well, I think he will be looking at a sim for a lot of the next year. Well, he oh, is going yeah, to but I'm talking 2023. Checo's got one year. doesn't perform. He's out. Yep. If he has four bad races in a row, Red Bull coming out saying, oh, look, Checo. See, we told you. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, no, see, yeah. we told you. You burnt through. Yeah. Danny Rick, oh, you yeah. burnt Karen, through. Karen, Karen Horner <laughs> cannot. Karen. He can't hold himself back when he's telling us he's right. He said our best contribution to F1 is Karen Horner. (laughs) (laughs) Where's Wally? Where's Wally? No, I actually think Karen Horner is fantastic as well. But he's racing DTM this year. Albon has has made that plunge. And that's why I'm saying it might be harder to him. But DTM's sick. Like, if you watch DTM, it's bloody great racing. It's going electric for 2023 too. All there electric. Uh, but I'm happy for Checo. Happy yeah, for Checo. It was, it was good. It was a good result. So that that sort of sums up the 2020 driver market. Of course, we had some additions of new racetracks and new and old, I should say, racetracks reappearing onto the calendar. Uh, and I'll let me run through them. We'll talk about them in a little bit more detail. Magello, Nurburgring, Portimao, Turkey, Imola, and Bahrain too. Boys, let's talk about Magello first. Campy, I believe this is one of your favourite tracks of the year. Yeah, we had uh, we had what three three red flags or two red flags, three restarts on the grid. Love to see it. Uh, Lewis got the job. Lewis got the job done, unfortunately. Uh, Uh, Sorry, Sir Lewis. Thank you to us. Sir Lewis, now yes, in the colonies. No, he should be given an eye for what he's done for the sport. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. And his achievements in the sport as well. But for as a human being, well, he's growing on me. (laughs) He's growing on me after that video (laughs) with Valentine. After that video of Valentino Rossi, I was like, oh, I like this guy. Why do I like oh, yeah. him? <laughs> yeah, not again. And you know what? He sold his plane. He sold his boat because he's more, you know, he's practising what he preaches. So He listened to you. No, he didn't listen to me. I think he's <laughs> he's got his – Lewis has got his own conscience and he's not a dickhead. So I'm sta- he's starting to grow on me, unfortunately. Um <laughs> I hate to He's say so it. Torn, yeah, no, it's so torn, so great. For those of you watching on YouTube, you can see the expression in my face. <laughs> I love to hate Lewis Hamilton, but <laughs> I think he's a good guy. Moving for what was I saying? What are we talking about? 2021, the year of Sir Lewis Hamilton being the good guy. Oh, no, we're talking about Magella. Magella, oh. it's, <laughs> it's where Lance Stroll had a big crash there as well. 
I think Danny Rick had the best lap of his year in Q2 in qualifying from memory. And Is that where Danny Rick got his podium or did he finish fourth? No, he finished he was, fourth, didn't he? He was so close. Yep. Should have got, got the podium in here. was the precursor? Great race. Great race. Great race. Great race. Uh, Gasly crashed out lap one after his uh, win the week before. Just a, yes. Just a great track. I mean, I know it's Ferrari's, you know, their own their own F1 track or their own test track in their backyard. But, mate, we're there. So good. I want to see Mugello over. I see um, Monza. Put it that way. Oh, that's a big call. Uh, ooh, also, one of my favourite moments of that was George Russell in qualifying, absolutely yeah. holding it together by basically uh, rallying went off the, track, the yeah. Williams. Yes. And like lost yes. no time at all. That was super impressive. And uh, yeah. sad for him not to get a point in that race. Uh, Nürburgring, of course, uh, Tommy T, the, the first bit of Nürburgring you liked the most. Would you like to talk about that before I bring it up? This is can, can be really like the Nürburgring. I was I want when they first said Nurburgring. This is my naivete. I was like, sick the whole north side. Let's do this. Yeah, and I was very disappointed. We were just around the track. Oh, imagine this that. Sucks. Mm. That would be the best. I was like, an F one car can't go through the car. I was like, this is ridiculous. How are they going to do this? How to prove you haven't watched Formula One happen. for a long time? The, the defining yeah, exactly. the defining moment. The defining moment for that race for me was. Uh, well, Lewis ended up getting past Bottas and winning again, unfortunately. Sorry, Sir Lewis. Well. <laughs> Thank but, you. but Valtteri had <laughs> Valtteri had Valtteri had pole and he got around he he got off to a good start. In a turn one it goes deep and the drop off so big into the apex that drivers were losing contact with the road on their front ride, if you can imagine that. Anyway, Lewis went up the inside, Valtteri went wide and Valtteri had held the lead. That was my luck. Uh, endearing memory of that track. Well, I think we should go there again. But Germany and mm. a race in Germany seems mm. to be uh, seems to be not the not the way that F1 wants to go moving forward. Unfortunately. <laughs> We also had uh, Portimao. Now, there's some speculation that the third race in the calendar for 2021 might be Portimao. It might be Turkey. Uh, we don't really know yet. It's TBC, which was my favourite racetrack uh, last year. But Portimao... What, what country was that? Portimao, Portugal, <laughs> delivered really good results as well. And uh, it can't be... Well, okay, then, now that you've done that face, you tell me your favourite part of Portugal. I don't remember any of it. Good. I Tommy remember T? Turkey. I remember nah. Turkey because that was the <laughs> worst. Portimao. Yeah, Danny, no, Danny, Danny Rick Podium. Like that oh. Yeah, it wasn't memorable though. <laughs> Danny Rick Podium. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to, so, trying <laughs> to get you people to remember stuff. It's ridiculous. Hey, guys, so can you ago. please prepare for this podcast? Yeah, sure. What I can tell you about. I can tell you more. I can tell you more about the Oz Grand Prix in 2020 than uh, <laughs> than any other race. Okay, around here. let's talk about Turkey, Campy. Talk to us about Turkey. Why do you? Is this a track that you'd like to see on the calendar for 2021? Uh no, no. <laughs> okay, good. Tommy, <laughs> Jesus, this is going well. <laughs> Tommy T. No, I didn't fancy Turkey. To All be right, honest. other let's do third Italy, Imola. Now, uh, this is, interesting. This is dud. Yeah, I think track's Kevin, you too small. This. Yeah, you could pick this in terms of overtaking. Yeah, was it's difficult. a great, great track from yesterday, but the cars are too yeah. wide. The track was too small. I mean, Valtteri yeah. again got very unlucky in oh, Sir Lewis. Sir Lewis <laughs> got right. <laughs> Oh, what so a shame. Good. What a shame. It's a great go-kart track, but it's too small. Yeah. That was, it's way too thin. Yeah. Probably yeah. my favourite edition of the year was Bahrain 2. 
to be perfectly honest, just <laughs> the big circle. Yeah, just the big circle. It wasn't really a circle, though, was it? And because it just how quick was the lap? Interesting racing, like 57, 62, 62, Yeah, it was just tumbling Jeepers. as the race went on. Was it three laps to warm up the tyres? And sad, sad for yeah, sad for George, obviously, and we've spoken about it le- that at length. But uh, it just shows that that's the better track, Bahrain. When we go back there yeah. as a second race of the year, please don't bother doing the middle bit. Let's just do the outside bit, if you don't do mind. Do you think they'll listen to us? No. Well, I mean, somebody listens to us, don't they? Hi, Campy's dad. Surely somebody. Now, 20, 23,000 of you last episode. <laughs> last episode. <laughs> Just making up statistics. Uh, so <laughs> Aren't all statistics <laughs> better? By Campy? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, this, this season was very much condensed. Uh, we had a little break in the middle, but really it was just bam, bam, bam. Uh, there was a, There's two heart-stopping moments I've picked out of the 2020 season uh, that really come to mind, uh, the oh, first man. of which was the Magello safety car restart. Uh, we've all seen onboards from Giovinazzi and Carlos Sainz. Th- that was... That was epic and, and pretty mega, wasn't it? No, if those drivers had it done what they should have done, and they would have been They fine. did what they were supposed to do. It was, it was George, wasn't it, in the no, middle? No, it was Valtteri, Valtteri holding everyone up at the front. I think he we decided was it was Latifi who was trying to go, then not go, and then piled that last yeah. part of the cars up. And look, it was it was pretty mega, our though, wasn't favorite, it? Like, yeah, it was good. Our favourite Canadian, yeah. Well, in that race, the other Canadian decided to crash into Kimi, didn't he, in, in qualifying? Yeah, yeah that, practice, that, so. was, that wasn't his fault, though. And Lando. Uh, but... But the other one, of course, being Grosjean, right? And that was a mega moment. Uh, He has been more active on social media than ever since being out or coming out of Formula 1, and it's really awesome to see, I think. that. Well, his his stocks have never been higher than after that crash, unfortunately. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, so great to that that footage of, of him being dragged out. I mean, we were everyone was tired watching in Australia. You know, it's stupid o'clock in the morning. If you'd stayed up to watch it, and people even getting up early in the morning to watch the race before going to work were seeing the end of it, going, "What is going on? That doesn't make sense." Mm. Uh, so that was the two big heart stopping moments of the year for me. Campy, did you have any other heart stopping moments for the no. Formula One? Ah, uh, no. when Checo pitted to give um, Danny Rick his second podium, that was heart in my mouth. Because I thought, I thought, geez, I think Danny Rick's done another podium. Like I thought he'd blown it if I'm a hundred percent honest, but yeah, worked out well. So that was my other yeah. Renault strategy being an oxymoron yet again. Look forward to that, Nando. Yeah. Tommy T, any yeah. more heart stopping moments for you? I think just watching George potentially getting, not getting, getting his first point <laughs> is very exciting in the moment and me flipping on our Discord between <laughs> wanting it to happen and not wanting it to happen. I can assure you I was there live, man. You saw me. You wanted him to win and then you were like, well, no, I, don't I, don't get a win. I was like, win it, now. win it, win it. Nah, don't get a point. No nothing. Points, nothing. You deserve nothing. But that in the moment was it was chaos. I don't know if it's heart stopping, but it was. I was. my heart was racing for that. It was... Uh, it was a full-on race. Uh, again, Just everything uh, went wrong. Again, Valtteri got shafted by his team once again. What a surprise. Uh, I think that's in his contract. The other... <laughs> <laughs> Has to be, surely. Otherwise, I would just yeah, take. Sure. Uh, and of course, Lewis Hamilton coming across the line with well, no wonder Lewis no air him. in his tires, right? Remember that puncture <laughs> yeah. in Silverstone? Uh, Silverstone. Yes. Well, you don't even that have to great. have. That yeah, was true. like, oh, 
happened, poor Max? Uh, if Once he again, Lewis got lucky and still won <sighs> the race, didn't he? He, he draws luck, this dude. How? Out of wherever. Well, let's go through all of the drivers and the teams, boys. Uh, well, let's talk about them and their overall performance for the year like we did for 2019. And we're talking about Carlos Sainz being the most improved. We'll get to that at the end. But let's start with Williams, of course. They went from being owned by the Williams family and now they're owned by some money people. They seem to do pretty well, really, didn't they? Dor- Doralton Capital, after they invested, uh, Williams kept their nose clean and everything seems to be good there. They seem to be going in a good direction, but they probably will stay yeah. at the back of the pack for some time. Tommy T, any yeah. thoughts on Williams overall this year? Uh, I mean, not really in the Williams aspect, but like we did see some flashes from George, especially in that kind of opportunity in the Merc, but... I think it's a good thing that he's going to be there at Williams. Like, that's positive. They're going to get really good yeah. data. They're only going to get better. It's. I think they've got him as a good core to work around. How long he's going to be there, we don't know. He's contracted for, what, another year? Mm-hmm. And who knows new regs? He's probably going to move up towards the Merc, we would think. But it's better than it was looking last year. I think yep. they've left off better than the end of last year. So that's got to be an improvement. Can't be I, think, uh, I think they looked like they improved because of the poor Ferrari motor in the uh, the Sauber and the Haas. Mm. So, sorry, the Alfa wow. Romeo and the Haas. You almost said Alfa Tauri, um, didn't you? As well? But so, I think so, yeah, so. They, they improved. They improved. Uh, Good on our, them. Our favourite Canadian. Real, real shame to see. And our favourite Canadian. Oh, I think the saddest part was seeing Claire Williams go. Um, yeah. 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 I did a pretty nice tribute to her from memory. Oh, did you? Well, thank uh, you I so generally want to. I generally want to see her back in the sport. I think she'll be back in the sport at some capacity in the future. Yeah. Um, she race direct maybe. No, I think the in hindsight, the decisions that she made post Paddy Lowe got that got that team in yeah. a trajectory to get mm-hmm. back to being competitive. But unfortunately, she'll be defined by that decision of employing Paddy Lowe when she did, which was I think good. She scapegoated pretty hard. Totally, and it's a real yeah. shame because I think she's an asset to Formula One. Um, obviously, her dad's legacy. I, I don't remember her dad. I only started watching this sort of ten years ago. So, um, for me, Claire's legacy in the sport will will, will not go unforgotten, and I hope we see her back. Yeah, nice. Haas had a pretty good year up until they announced Mazepin, didn't they, really? But uh, K-Mag and, and Grosjean, well, I, you know, people were still loving Haas where they're like, you know, yeah, it's nice, warm, fuzzy feelings, even though you're really at the back of the grid. And especially oh, after the Grosjean crash. Go on, Campy. Cute, Haas. Oh, yeah, Grosjean, Magnuson. <laughs> nah, look. It was, it was instantly better because they didn't have, like, some lunatic... Uh, sponsor. Yeah, 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 true. Overruling things. So that was a start. They didn't crash into each other as much. So that's they did. Positive. Race one. So race one. Not as much, though, as last year. Not as red, much. Well, red 20, no crash. It was 50% of races last year that crashed <laughs> yeah. into each other. So that was an improvement this year. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the general like atmosphere at Haas seemed better. But with that junk motor in there, they were doing nothing <laughs> this year, really, to be yep. honest. Yep. Poor development for them. They suffered a lot too. Let's hope for 2022, you know, because they're going to be rubbish this year as well, aren't they? That uh, it's it's going to go in a good direction for them. Alfa Romeo, Kimi Raikkonen, of course, and Giovinazzi both staying around for this year. Uh, I'm still a little bit sad that the Alfa Romeo or the Sauber that Charlotte Leclerc was driving before his jump across the Ferrari and the switch with Kimi Raikkonen didn't remain really for last year uh, for Kimi and for the year before because – Man, he can drive the crap out of that car. Like, that is a really yeah, bad yeah. car, and he was pushing 
constantly with Seb uh, towards the front. Giovinazzi had some glimpses as well, but overall, Alfa Romeo are just being Alfa Romeo, aren't they? They're not really, yeah. there's not a lot going on there. Yeah. I think Gio's kind of on that trajectory of like, he could stick around for a few years, but I don't think he's going much further than he is. I, I can't see him developing into the next thing. I, I, I don't know. I think he's kind of got Kvyat's trajectory is kind of yeah. the kindest way to put it. I think he could be that kind of... Maybe more Marcus Ericsson kind of just hanging on into that team yeah. and then leaving yeah. when someone else comes up in, and takes bit his spot. Bit of K-Mag, bit of... Mm. Yeah. That kind of like middle, middle, middle. But yep. yeah, we love Kimmy and fingers crossed that car is more competitive so we can see him, I don't know, with the tools to do something yeah. decent on a race day. This well, is probably his last um, year though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I will be. I don't think he'll go into the new. Into I, would, the, I wouldn't have thought he'd, yeah. But in saying that, you got to remember, I think for the mid-pack anyway, the first half of 2019, Kimmy was my driver of of, yeah. of the year to that point because some of the performances, some of where he put his car and the position he was on track was yep. outstanding. The guy was yep. quick. I think Gio had a better year than he did last year. But yep. it was a shame to see because they had that piece of shit Ferrari engine in it. <laughs> and we didn't get – we don't know how much they gained from 19. We don't – 2019, we don't know how much um, – I mean, we know that they stopped development on that car halfway through <laughs> 2019 for 2020, but we don't know how much they actually gained. Mm-hmm. And Haas is really the comparison for them, and they beat Haas, so that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. that's a very good point. Yeah. Jump in with the, the what-if machine. What if Leclerc doesn't <laughs> move when he does and he's stuck in that car with Kimi instead of Geo? and they have the year they had last year, and then they have the year this year. Do you think he actually moves up? Do you think he gets the opportunity? Or do you think he was right place, right time, and just timed that jump to Ferrari perfectly? Because I don't think this car shows how good Gio could be or how good Kimi is. Mm. I think Leclerc literally just nailed the timing on that because he jumped ship at the perfect time to go up to the big team. Yeah, well, you look at Marcus Ericsson's performance alongside him, he did very well, you know, and, yeah. and he'd been around for yeah, a long time. Exactly. It wasn't enough to hold on, but the car clearly was performing really well. Campy yep. will tell you that's because it had a Ferrari motor in it that wasn't necessarily within regulations, uh, and yeah, it is. Cheating. Is that what that word is? But 12 well, months, right did. place, right time, exactly yeah. right. I don't see, you know, because he's, he's performing... He's performing really well in the Ferrari. Yeah. He outdrove that car a lot this year or last year, I should yeah. say. Um, but probably, probably he'd still yeah. be there. I'm not discrediting him as a driver. It's more just like I don't know if he would have gotten the opportunity when he did if that car wasn't as good as it was. Yeah. And I All think right. if he had have suffered this drop-off, I don't know if he would have moved to the top team. All right, so what if Marcus Ericsson had gone to the Ferrari instead of the Charles Leclerc and performed what Charles Leclerc did over the last two years? <sighs> I, I don't because think Ericsson is, is as good. I don't think no, so. No, they weren't yeah. as good. But Ericsson, yeah. again, two races out of four, Ericsson was right on his tail pushing him and beat him. Yeah. It wasn't consistent like Leclerc was, but it was no. bloody close. But in saying that, you've got Pascal Verlon that pantsed Ericsson, made him look rookie. Yeah. So... Anyway, it's the world. Of this, is the hardest, this is the hardest. This is the hardest sport for comparisons because they don't use the same equipment, and we, we talk about this a lot. But I think they've identified in Leclerc that talent to drive that precision Ferrari or a Red Bull or a Merck, which are pointier and all these kind of words that we talk about. The difference between the AlphaTauri and the Red Bull is that why Max can drive that and why Gasly couldn't. 
that kind of stuff, and they've identified yep. that in McClure over Ericsson. Yep. But it's interesting because that, that Alfa Romeo has dropped off a cliff since that yeah. season with Leclerc. Well, and yeah. so has Ferrari has and Haas. You know, Haas, if you think back to 2019, yeah. they were uh, pushing close in, in the Australia race. They were up. In 2018 yeah. too, but uh, they forgot times. how to uh, put wheels on the car. Um, Alpha Tauri, uh, the only Italian team to win this year, uh, which was <laughs> which was great for Gasly. We spoke a little bit about Kvyat already, but uh, Pierre Gasly obviously recovered off of his falling off a cliff last year in terms of leaving Red Bull. Turns out yep. that that was actually the right thing to do for his career and better for him than whether or not he stayed with being Alex Albon, uh, which is a shame for Albon because we said this last year, he performed really well in the... In the Toro Rosso, look at his performance in China, all that sort of other stuff. But uh, Gasly continues, and obviously there's talk about him moving across to the French team, uh, potentially to replace Ocon in a couple of years' time. Uh, Tommy T, your thoughts on Alpha Tauri for, for 2020? Good. I, I thought, look, Campy's pointed it out, but I think Kvyat was very unlucky a lot of the time with his points totals. I think it was like 75 to 25 in favour of Gasly. Yeah around that kind of zone. And I don't think that was indicative of how each driver drove. Gasly was very opportunistic, very risky strategies, waiting for safety cars that paid off. And, I mean, full credit to him for doing that. But I I don't know where I I put Gasly, genuinely. I don't know him as a driver where he sits. I don't think he's at the level of a Hulk, but I I think he is better than Kvyat. He's somewhere in between. And I don't know where he sits. Like... This is the B team. This is the junior team. So he's going to be a good measuring stick for drivers coming through. So it'll be very interesting to see how dominant he is over Sonoda because he will. Yeah, um, for sure. But I, I I don't know if he's just kind of resigned to being that that driver now. I don't think he's going to get back to that top team. What's hard, isn't it? <laughs> It's kind of difficult now to be thinking about, well, what is a top team come 2022? Because yeah. you've had, you know, in the yep. early thousands, Renault were champions and people like Mark mm-hmm. Webber should have gone there. You've had Red Bull, you've had Ferrari and Mercedes and McLaren and all these other teams. And now you've got someone like Aston Martin who... <laughs> Let me just open my whiskey. You step on a duck. <laughs> Good on you, Kevy. To do that. So it's sort of almost who Shot knows what's going to be next. You know, look yeah. at, looking at potentially Renault being or Alpine, Alpine. being as good as they are. But, uh, yeah, mm. I- interesting. It, Campy, whilst you pour yourself a whiskey and you uh, you admire your Alpha Tauri coats hanging up next to your Minardi <laughs> jacket in your closet next to you with a whole lot of other things, including skeletons. Anything else you'd like to mention? Oh, I think Tommy said it right. They're the B team. I mean, Red yeah. Bull this year came out and said, this is the sister team, man. Mm. They weren't. They were nowhere near it. They were the seventh, seventh best car on the grid this year. And at times they performed. At times, the drivers put themselves in the right positions, and luck went their way. Mm. Yeah, um, I think if they want to be the sister team, they're going to have to step up a lot this year. But I mean, it's hard. It's hard to yeah. step up. I mean, you've got Racing Point that copied Mercedes from last year, so no wonder they were going to be quick. But I think the sister <sighs> team should have beaten that horrible Ferrari this year, and they couldn't in the in the dry, in the wow. constructors. The fact- I think if they could have done that, they would have proven a bit more sister team than junior team. Well. Knowing what they've got the same engine as the top team, mm-hmm. top team should put down some aerodynamics, some chassis, some fundamentally the same, you know, the same concepts of the car. Yep. And we're looking at two different race teams, right? But it's clear they're not the sister team because Red Bull 
aerodynamically and chassis development-wise didn't share the information like they would to a true sister team. Yep. I think it was a good marketing campaign. Yeah. <laughs> From Red Bull, selling his Alpha Terry, the new fashion line, whatever that is. <laughs> it was smooth over Gasly getting well, demoted. It's, it's shit. It's, it's a sister it's team. Sh- no, no, no. Yeah, sister shit. team. You're not getting demoted. No. You're just going sideways. We have four drivers. Sideways. We've got four drivers in Red Bull. No, you don't, Karen. Right, you got one driver, <laughs> Max Verstappen. <laughs> yes, bud. And he's off chasing skirt in places that he probably shouldn't be chasing it. At least he's chasing it within the Red Bull pool. <laughs> yeah, uh, Helmet would approve. Oh, yeah, he would. He's a snake, that guy. I don't know if I like Max as much anymore. It just looks weird, doesn't it? Anyway, so weird. we're not a tabloid. We're not a tabloid. <laughs> Max can shag whoever he wants to shag. Especially as he's stepdad to Kvyat's child. Oh, oh. It's horrible, isn't it? The Oz F1 magazine coming out this year. <laughs> uh, well, Ferrari, of course, we, we mentioned this. Seb was a gentleman all year. He really just didn't have the car. We all think that it's sabotaged by Ferrari to really Some make him look bad. Stops. But still, oh. he was a consummate professional. He even was a marshal. He was a strategist. He got a podium. Thank goodness. Uh, He really just Stephen Bradbury his way onto that, which made me love it even more. He did. And I even managed to Photoshop that as a promo thing, which there you go. Um, But Leclerc, to his credit, thank you. To Leclerc, to his credit, drove the wheels off that car this year. um, And he probably, because he had all of the attention of all of Ferrari on his car and they'd ignored Seb. Uh, But, you know, it's going to be interesting next year compared to Carlos. But, to his credit, mm. did pretty well. Campy, your thoughts on Ferrari this year? Because you know that you love them, really. Shambles. Mm. Absolute shambles. Why are they shambles? Who's responsible uh, for that? Matteo Bonotto. And Matteo <laughs> Who Bonotto, isn't responsible? I mean, they've had a reshuffle at the top end, too. I can't remember the guy's name. It's it's eluding me at the moment. But their, their, president, their president was put, in Matteo Bonotto's words, was putting pressure on them to develop the car in places that they shouldn't have been developing the car, i.e. cheating, without admitting they were cheating no, at the same time. never. And Matteo Bonotto, the snake, he's the only one left in the organisation, so... Yeah, look, <laughs> anyway... He went for the red wedding, did he? Oh, I hate Ferrari. I mean, I love, I love it when they fail, too. It's just awesome. <laughs> it's great. Tommy T, awesome. Ferrari for the year 2020? Nah. Nah. Well, uh, I think Ferrari, nah. <laughs> Ferrari, nah. Yeah, oh, oh. nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I, I don't like the kind of fan who likes Ferrari. Like I don't like people who go for Boston in or the Lakers in the NBA. You just jump in, you go, oh, that's a flashy red one. I'm going to go for that one. That's the one I've heard of. What about the Bulls in the 90s? It's nice to see them fail for once. <laughs> Bulls is, in the 90s. Is LeBron the goat, Tommy? Is that, that's the real question. That's going to be Luka Doncic. Look He's out. right. He's good. Mate. Is Luka better than Dirty Dirk Nowitzki, though? No. <laughs> Nah. Stay tuned for him in my other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark, we're encroaching on your space. We Old talk about the greatest European players ever. <laughs> so Old school is better. But be it was, it's, it's nice to see Ferrari suffer a little bit for being useless and cheating and not taking it seriously and throwing money at things instead of actually being good. Well, they almost got their justice. So hopefully, it was. It felt hmm. like a, a little bit of that, but now it's pretty boring and I'd rather see them be competitive. Because everyone needs a villain, and we want Ferrari there to be to beat them. Yeah, and when they the do get a, just... when they do get a good car, Carl oh. Sullivan's going to 
bank Charles Leclerc like the child he is, and it's going to be good to watch. <laughs> yeah, we're behind. We, oh, I, I think we're that. secretly a bit in love with Carlos oh, and just him. want him to succeed no matter where he goes. Yeah, yes. man, I think so. Well, he left Renault in a pretty good state for Danny Rick, but Danny Rick has left it even better again. The reason why they are ahead of Ferrari is because of him, to be honest, and his consistency. Ocon's like, oh, I got a second. Well, no one cares, mate, because you're not going to be driving for Renault in 2022. Don't worry well, about it. Well, French. They, they teach him to surrender young over there. <laughs> <laughs> they Shout hold their hands the while they're France. learning to walk. That is one third <laughs> of the opinion of Oz F1. Love the South of Your France. Your opinion, too. I feel like is more than a third, let's be Post honest. to my wife in the oh. South of France, I'm all about it. But Renault, yeah. now Alpine, don't forget it's Alpine. Italy Alpine. Or something. Can you pronounce that properly? Can be where are they? What are they called this year? Can be where are they called next year? Alpine. Sounds <laughs> gross when you say it. <laughs> the name sounds gross in its bloody. Just keep calling them Renault, please. Oh, jeez, we're a pack of three-year-olds here at primary school, laughing at dick jokes. <laughs> jokes on you, Renault. <laughs> They could have just left it Renault. Everyone, oh. no one gives a crap. Just call oh, it Al Dick or something. <laughs> <laughs> More transparent. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Oh. Yeah, it's been a long year. It's only the 5th of January. <laughs> How good's whiskey, boys? <laughs> Apparently, yeah, very, very good. Very great, a lot. Uh, yeah, so Renault. Look, Alpine, Fernando inheriting a good team as a result of Danny Rick, but I think you're right. I think Danny Rick's probably better out of the car uh, in terms of pulling the team around than Fernando. We saw Fernando really piss off Honda in his time in GP2 engine and, and McLaren, so he's clearly capable of pissing uh, people off. Uh, he's good, he's good. Look what he did with McLaren. He got them back on, you know. It does sound, though, like it is a different kind of car to drive from what we've heard from... Danny and what we've heard from Ocon, it's like, oh, it's it's good, but it's it's a different style. It's mm-hmm. very French, maybe. <clears throat> it's just different. Different. Oh. I think I think they've finally figured Gives out up. the braking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Danny, Danny was struggling Rick. with the braking early yes. 2019. Yep. It seems like they finally have come to the party through probably a lot of data, a lot of coaching through him and like what he wanted, mm-hmm. how to improve the car, those kind of things. So it seems like they're on the right track. Right in time for new regs to come in. Found a lot of rear end downforce as well. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it it sounds like that was, and we saw it, those were the tracks that they were better at, was low downforce, let's go, let's put this motor to you. So at least they've got a good power unit there. Hopefully they they can come to the party on aerodynamics. and Renault Renault ticked the boxes this year. If you look at their trajectory Mm -hmm. since they come back into the sport... I haven't won a world championship yet, but Danny Rick said there, 2019 is not our year. 2020 will be fighting for the podium, you know, and it wasn't a fluke podium. They got three podiums this year, and they probably should have got a couple more if things had yep. gone their way. But everything they got outside of Ocon's, I mean, Danny Rick would have got the podium if the luck had changed mm-hmm. around, just yep. track position and where they were and their stints at the time. But, yep. you know, they genuinely had three podiums with a chance of getting more, which means they're consistently fighting at the front, which is what's been Renault's MO for the last three or four years this is the trajectory that they're putting themselves at next year they said this is it's going to be the year that they should be fighting for wins not necessarily world championships I can't see that happening no. this year but 2023 they're probably the team that's primed because mm. them and McLaren mm. they've got their budgets right on where they need to be and what yep. what they're spending at the moment is what they're going to be spending in 2022 and, and beyond so you know it's, it's a good I think Danny Rick he has he has left that team in a position 
far better than any other team Fernando's ever walked into, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, that's a good point. Probably outside of his 05, 06 <laughs> world championship. Better than Nando but. leaves teams, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Although Carlos, yeah. and, Carlos and Lando did a better job as a result of Nando leaving, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, but Nando, look, I think... I mean, he's had some big walkouts on teams, particularly with McLaren the first yeah. time and Renault the first time. But Ferrari, <laughs> like, but Ferrari, no, nah, yeah. well, it's typical for Ferrari when yeah. they left him. Yeah, but anyway. they left him. Let's talk about Racing Point. Uh, Sergio Perez now confirmed, thank goodness, for a, a, a race a seat, I should say, for next for this year. Man, can't even speak English wow. today. Uh, but, of course, Aston Martin now, they're looking pretty sexy, their colours for this year. But... Thank goodness. Camo green livery. Camo green. Can I hear it? <laughs> Only if you suck that microphone. Only for, <laughs> Only for testing. They'll just tease us like Red Bull do and then they won't do yeah, it. Yeah, that camo Red Bull looked schmick. They do it every time. <laughs> but lucky oh. Racing Point had Checo to jump Reno, really, because Stroll wasn't there performing consistently enough to, to gain all of those points. Uh, Perez, yeah, what, the best part of the year. What did I Marcel? He got that drive on merit for next year. Did he? On merit. Did he? How is the Kool-Aid, Otmar? Tell me. Oh, Otmar, man, you got a lot of questions to answer. Probably not in Melbourne this year. Probably Melbourne 2022, but we'll get to that. We were high on Otmar at the start of the year. Yeah. He steadily dropped throughout this year because of the bull crap coming out of his mouth. Yeah. And he doesn't call it as it is. Yeah, he's not being Look, a team he'd be, principal. He'd be, if it wasn't for Lance Stroll, he'd be the perfect team principal. Genuinely, yeah, yeah, but he's just a bought man now. He has to well, just play you, the game. I mean, you also have to think from his point of view, he was there through the whole thing falling apart, and, yeah. and he and Checo worked really closely together to hold it. So he, he was wasn't there. the team principal. He was, he was like a, as well. He was like yeah. the GM <laughs> kind of God. thing and because VJ was like this amazing <laughs> team principal and he was more the race director, right? And he sort of just stood up into that role and he, therefore he has remained. I don't think he's, yeah. ever, oh, he's ever taken it to like the Zach Brown level of mm. being the team principal and being able to step back and let it all happen. But anyway, it is what it is. But Racing Point yeah. did well this year. They, you know, they finished Cheated. ahead of Reno. Uh, Cheated. And You'd hope so. Ju- uh, just behind McLaren. Uh, good. They lost their points. They still won. Yeah, they still won. They got penalised. <laughs> they still beat Reno. Like seriously, it's like James says. He's like jump the start in the F one game, and then you ten second penalty, penalty doesn't matter if you're twenty seconds ahead. James al- James also doesn't have a conscience. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's on my bio too. If you look at my Instagram profile, no conscience. Um, but Racing Point, fantastic that they had them, and also great that they brought in Hulk because that's the best thing they did this year. Yeah. Uh, Lance Stroll confirmed yep. for next year the worst thing. Uh, McLaren though, <laughs> man McLaren, this team like I am oh, so I excited this for this year. Uh, I was very happy with uh, Lando's performance. He's obviously not as good as Carlos and that's fine because he's learning and do- and they're driving really well. They were a really good team this year and Sainz yep. really did very, very well uh, mm. again. He even I think improved on his 2019 performance um, and really close to winning in Monza. If it was one lap more, Gasly wouldn't have got it and, Car- and Carlos would have jumped him, uh, which is, a, you know, it's sad, but Danny Rick can get that first first from McLaren. That's, that's not real. Gasly would have won it if there was three laps more. Gasly had 15 laps to close that two-second gap and he didn't do it, so... Sorry, science. Science is good. Yeah, all right. Yeah, science. Had, yeah. <laughs> good point. Anyway, but McLaren overall, yeah. though, finishing third in the championship, huge for them. If Consistent. you can consider where we were talking about Nando and Stoffel a couple of years ago, they wouldn't. Nando wouldn't have left the sport if he knew this is the direction. Mm. But Campy, yeah. thoughts on McLaren for this year, for last year? Yeah, Zach Brown, Andreas Seidel, 
Dream Superstars in my James book. Key. They got Danny Rick next year. Danny Rick's <sighs> going to make Lando look second rate. Uh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of banter, and I think yeah. the ban- I think actually the, the banter will stop mm. pretty quickly when Lando's going. Oh shit! I'm in my third season of F1 now, and this is the third year on the on the trot where I'm being beaten by my teammate. It's going to look worse. Um, yeah. I think Danny Rick. I think he's gonna he's gonna have a bit of a fight on his hands in qualifying, but I think. Oh, he's better than Lando in every aspect. I think Danny Rick comes to this primed as a world championship yeah. uh, caliber driver, mm. and he's now got the team, and they just need to wait another year. I don't think it's this year, but I think twenty twenty two is going to be their year. Do you reckon so, there's a race win in there for McLaren next year with a um, yeah, well, new motor? Well, I think there's consistent podiums every week. They'll be challenging for podiums. Yeah, um, it will be a lot hell of a lot harder for a podium this year with Max. And uh, Checo yeah. as the three and four drivers. I think McLaren yeah. will be the fifth and sixth. Uh, so, I mean, there's all they're going to be fighting for it every week. I think. I think race pace is going to be quite similar. Uh, it'll be qualifying. It'll be Achilles' heel this year. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how the com- the car compares to the Renault for Danny Rick in terms of how quickly yeah. he settles into it. Uh, I kind of have a feeling that it's going to be more towards his style than what the Renault was when he first jumped into that. Um, yeah. And hopefully, instead of going from like a car that everyone's like, oh, it's a great car, Red Bull 2018 into Renault 2019 is a step back, is this McLaren is a step forward now for yes. him so he can feel more confident yeah. in that in that space. McLaren yeah. McLaren do have some issues for this year um, in their uh, upgrades. They've got a certain amount of points allocated because we've extended the regs one extra year. There's development points that are going on at the moment. Now, McLaren are hindered by that because they're changing engine mm. manufacturers, so they don't have a lot of upgrade points for other areas. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did three or four races for you know first month, two months or so, then turned around and said, right, we've learned enough about this car. We've got enough data on it. We're concentrating solely on 2022. Yep. And I wouldn't be upset by that, to be perfectly no, honest. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, it's... Next year's the limbo year. Yeah. We yeah. should have been going into new regs this year. Yeah, which would have been Regardless yeah, of the pandemic and all yeah. the shit that we've Made had to more put sense up with. To push yeah. It ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah, at really. the time it did, but, yeah. you know, they were saying 350 million people worldwide were going to die. So, I mean, that was all bullshit, wasn't it? <laughs> get it in there but yes you're right I think as so long as well it's gonna be interesting to see how Barcelona is for them because if the mm. power unit does make a significant difference which it shouldn't really I mean the Renault it was a quick car right you down the straight yeah. often Danny yep. Rick was topping those charts so it'll be interesting but it's the overall package we're looking for and, and we know that Danny Rick's race pace or his race craft rather is a lot better than a lot of the drivers around him potentially even better than Checo so it will be really good in my mind to be seeing Heads. Damn, but I mean, though, in a Red Bull, mm. in, you yeah, know, being up towards yeah, yeah, the front, yeah. so yeah. he, he yeah. should be pressuring. And hopefully, we see him in some podiums. And if we've got him in some wheel to wheel with Max, that is my year, mate. Amazing, amazing. Ooh. All right, well, let's talk about Ooh. Red Bull. Uh, Max Verstappen, uh, great job until he posted his thing, didn't he? For the, for the Oz F1 magazine, we now cross live to the year to Thomas J. Cant to tell us more about Max Verstappen <laughs> and his love life. 
<laughs> yeah, we're you. not tab. We're not talking about that shit. Just, <laughs> only off there. Just, I'm just kidding. Just Max, though. Just looks Max, mate. What are you doing? <laughs> three point, like three point eight billion women. You are an look inside. He's an angry look. He's an angry looking Dutchman, so <laughs> not sure he'd get much What's anyway. Wrong with that? <laughs> there it is. Well, he's loaded, but there's no one on this podcast with any Dutch connections, is there? Yeah, my missus is Dutch. I'm Dutch. Yeah, I was going to oh, say yeah. Dutch. Oh, you tired ass! You won't be around from three weeks ago. <laughs> the Dutch will laugh about that. They can't laugh at themselves. I can't confirm. They're a bit too serious, but. <laughs> Anyway, look, Red Bull. Red yeah, Bull. Red Bull. Um, Dig on, Karen Campy. There's another year for them. <laughs> another year. No, I mean that in the sense it was just another year where they rocked up and raced. Magnificent they had some good. Re- F1. They had no. They they rocked up. They raced. <laughs> they had some results, but they weren't Mercedes, and that's what they've been trying to be for seven years. Yeah, so and they true. Failed yet again. Yes. In this Next week's podcast, Camby says Red Bull are not Mercedes, <laughs> and that was a year for them. <laughs> Put that on Instagram. <laughs> That's the quotable quote That's for 2020. Quote. Well, it's actually common sense, and it's actually right. Here we yeah. go. He's right. Puts, You're right. Puts foot down. Mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they've, they failed the game this year. They did. It was, and it's, you know what they failed about is keeping Albon much longer than they could have. If you look at their points totals. It's literally only Max contributing to them. Imagine mm. if they had a secondary driver. They could what have did, been competing. What did Albon come in the driver's standings? Oh, I can pull it up. Keep talking and I'll give it to you in a second. Not anywhere as oh, close I as I imagine it was probably seventh or eighth. Look, I right, seventh. Seventh, yeah, right, there Equal you go. Equal on 105 with Carlos Sainz. Oh, what a dud. <laughs> what an absolute dud. So Sad, sad though, uh, for Red Bull as a whole because they really should be challenging towards the front, right? So the fact yeah. that they could make a decision and they were haunted by their indecision and poor decision from the year before yeah. really struck them yeah. down for this year. But Checo yeah. is a great driver. We saw his performances this year. He's consistent. He's clever. He knows how to get up yeah. on uh, on drivers and give them enough space. And that's the other yeah. thing. Like he, He's a very respectful driver uh, mm. and that will benefit Red Bull. If something happens to Max with Honda Power reliability or something, he should be there to take first, second, third, fourth, whatever it ends up being. And, and Albon just wasn't yeah. doing it. Um, One thing for me yeah. is having a second driver that's actually going to be in the same pack and race with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Max was racing by himself against those Mercedes all year and could do nothing. He was so vulnerable because they just gang up on him and go, yeah. we're going to out strategy yep. and you're done for. Yep, absolutely. You literally can't, you can't work your way out of this, mate. There is no move here because we've got you covered. Just having another car in that battle is going to be so helpful for Max because Albon provided no help whatsoever. So, it, yes, you can see the point differences, but it doesn't tell the whole story because Max mm. had no help. So he could have done even better by just having another chess move to play here or throw throw Checo there. Is actually going to be very helpful strategy-wise. Yeah. Rear gunner, rear gunner. Yeah, exactly. for sure. For sure. Exactly. But it'll be good to see what they do yep. next year in that respect. Mercedes obviously dominating again. Boring, yep. slight yawn. Um, Valtteri Bottas really just didn't do himself any favours this year, though, did he? Oh, his luck was horrible this year. Mm. Talk to us about next year, Campy. How much points has he got built up? Have you got a tally? Yeah, it has to be for the 2021 Valtteri Bottas lucky dip prize. Which you you were telling it every week how many lucky points he was earning for next year, weren't you? 
Well, it's not just lucky points that'll go his way. It's it's Lewis Hamilton at some stage has to have shit not go his way. Well, firstly, he has to actually have a contract for 2021. He doesn't even have sir. that yet. Sorry, Sir Lewis sir, Hamilton. Sorry, yes. Lewis, he doesn't even sir have a contract Lewis. yet. Well, he's going to be driving. Don't worry about that. It's Can you imagine if he didn't? DTM and Albon's driving out. for Mercedes. There it is. Oh, <laughs> God. No, look, he'll be racing. He'll be racing. Look, I, I don't think – look, I, I don't want to cover this topic yet. I don't think we'll have a Melbourne race this year. Mm. But what is interesting to me is that throughout this whole turbo hybrid era is that Lewis Hamilton still hasn't won Melbourne since 2014. Mm. Um, and he wants it badly. He's dominated for the better part of seven years in qualifying on this track, and every year something's gone wrong. I think if he wins Melbourne this year, he loses the championship. Ooh. Um, Ooh. But, but in saying that, I don't think I don't think we get I don't think we get a Melbourne Grand Prix, which we can talk about in a minute. But odds on this year, I think I think I think Bottas wins the world championship. Has uh, yeah, I don't think has it'll to. be really close. I think. It's just like it got, I just there's something in me I can't see Lewis winning it again, and it's going to be a bit like the Rosberg v Hamilton in 2016. I just I can't so. see Hamilton winning again, and it's going to do wonders for my sanity if I look at the bad luck that Bottas has had not just this year but throughout his whole career in Mercedes. And the reason why they keep him on, if yeah. things had gone his way, I mean, he's had punches when he's in the leader bucket. Ugh. And lost. I mean, it's Imola, staggering. Over that bit of Ferrari or whatever it was. <laughs> staggering how much bad luck this guy's had this year and in previous yeah, years. It's got to come right for him at some stage, and I, I think he gets the job done this and year. And he's our second Australian rather on the grid. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, we're all behind you, VB. Yeah. Uh, so Lewis Hamilton is obviously smashing it out of the park. Sorry, Campy, go one yeah. more thing about VB. Oh, he's a fin. We love oh, the Of course we do. Yeah. 100%. Great race of human beings. The I wonder if he's doing any rallying cannot, at the moment to get Cannot him. speak any horror of that human being. Is that why you're wearing a bandy all the time? Because you wish you were in Finland right now? So he's growing his beard out. No, I've got a Can be suspended out of the sauna before this If you're not watching us on got YouTube, a, got a pretty well done. bad uh, like receding like Tommy T. So <laughs> this bad? No, it's just, just room, room for sponsorship. Ah, if you're interested in sponsoring Campy or Tommy yeah, T's the, foreheads, the Beacon. Actually, you, the Beacon. Uh, Let's do this. Low, you know, very cheap rates. <laughs> <The> beacon. <laughs> very cheap rates. Campy, uh, if you can talk to VB. Oh. Sorry, VB wants to talk to you about that. Oh, do yeah, I don't like sports bets, so they can nick off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, then I'm ruling them out. Okay, so no gambling, just VB. <laughs> or if you're Victoria feeling a bit, of, a bit fancy, MB, Melbourne Bitter. MB, Melbourne. Yeah, all right, well, look, that, that's the review of, of the teams. It's going to be interesting for this year. Obviously, we've got name changes happening uh, with Aston Martin taking over from Racing Point and Alpine taking over from Renault. I wonder if DP World's going to stay as a major sponsor. <laughs> Surely. I love that it took you like half a year to figure oh. out that. It's like, hang on a second, who's sponsoring me? Oh, yeah, that's the best text message I've ever sent to you, Jim. I'm scared to Google it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, don't Google it. Uh, uh, don't. Uh, the hot dude.
Can we talk about Melbourne? Yeah, because I, we've had some news come out today. All right, Kev, yeah. you take us through what uh, the socialist government's doing down there. Well, look, the, we've had some newspaper articles today about the Melbourne Grand Prix in March, March, about weekend of the 20th. It's going to be postponed and we're not going to have it. Mm. Um, Big sad face. Well, look, here's my issue. F1 this year has proved that they can go internationally, intercontinentally, and have a have a protocol that works, which keeps all the staff, team members, everybody, the whole entourage, film crew, and everybody that comes with it, um, COVID safe and clear. Whatever that looks like, I think the whole thing's horseshit anyway. But sorry, I don't think the virus is not real, but I think the response to it has been horseshit throughout the throughout the whole world. In saying that, F1 has proved that they can do it right. If we know anything about our government where we live, and I would hate to make political statements on this no, podcast, but our Victorian Labor government are full of fuckwits. <laughs> and this year, no, this year, this year they have shown that they don't care about any reason, any rationale, anything, any other opinion other than their own, and they'll rule with an iron fist. We've had the Australian Open Tennis, which is in Melbourne as well, postponed. I guarantee you it's going to be cancelled. We've had, we've at, currently as we speak, we've got 18 confirmed cases and all those cases are in quarantine and they're going to be there for the next 14 days. So and they came from New happen. South Wales, James. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah, they came from up your way. In saying all that, we've just, come, we've just come off 60 days of zero transmissions in a relatively normal holiday period. Yeah. Uh, but the cost to our economy has been huge. For their air government, they will rule with an iron fist and they will deny F1 coming in, even though as a sport they've proved that they can um, do all the mm, right things. Probably. yeah. Yep. regarding the spread of um, – but they'll rule with an iron fist and say, no, we're no better, we're going to do it, and they're going to they're gonna fuck our economy even more than it has been. Globally, for our sport, March, um, February, March, for Melbourne, we are the city of sports lovers throughout the world. We are, like, we've got so many professional sporting teams and events. February, March is a big thing, mm-hmm. and December yep. too. We've got the Boxing Day Test. We've got the, uh, the, the Grand Prix – We've got the tennis. We've got the AFL starting that weekend. For you guys, those guys who don't know what it is, we've got 10 professional sporting teams on one code, you know, here in our state, which launches at the same time. We really, like sport is inbuilt in our DNA yeah. for our government. They will throw this away. Mm. If we're having conversations now and about something yeah. that's going to happen three months' time, it's all over. It's, it's not going to happen. Sydney Motorsport Park. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, and, and, so it sh- and so it should because of their. Dickhead people that are making decisions now yep. I'll rage because our dickhead state actually elected them in the first place. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's files. a real shame. It's a it's a real shame that um we're going to miss out on our Grand Prix this yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely so. right. My fear too is we're starting to talk of like umming and ahhing about it now. It just, just definitely means it's like, ah, oh, too hard basket. Yeah. Let's start in Bahrain. Yep. And it's sad because, you know, as you say, if Lewis Wells to win, then potentially that could throw the whole thing upside down. Or, we, you know, Danny Rick gets on the podium for his first Grand Prix reminiscent of, sorry, with McLaren, I should say, reminiscent maybe of Weber and Minardi like taking over the podium, yeah. even though he didn't get on the podium. But, you know, that yeah. kind of attitude, like we love it. And our whole thing about Oz F1, the reason we started this was to spread the love of Formula One more within Australia and you can't do that oh, yeah. easily <laughs> not just to bitch about politics yeah. but you can't do that easily without a race here and I think it's sad and it sucks like this is the spiritual start in my mind of Formula One and of the, the spiritual end in Brazil oh. yep. 
Yep. So that sucks Big a time. lot. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we will be recording some other content for this year. And uh, oh, I just hope. Big year for all that time. Melbourne is a thing because. Big year for the boys. I've got to tell you, you're going to love Melbourne if we get the ability to, to get along to the race. But anyway, let, let's, before we talk about that, let's talk about the rest of 2020. I wanted to hear your three top moments from the Formula One season of 2020. Campy, take it away. Danny Rick's first and second podium. Love it. Amazing. Uh, the race at Mugello was incredible for me. I'm just going back to my notes. And Checo's win. <laughs> Checo's win was pretty special. Too. Yeah, it was pretty epic. Tommy T, your top three moments. Uh, I was a fan of all of the Hulk comebacks. Yes, Hulk and back, <laughs> especially the like, yeah, the late call ups where he rolled up in uh, Rosberg's dad's Porsche that he's repainted. <laughs> uh, yeah, the very very last minute call ups, <laughs> just outstanding from Hulk to come back on such short notice yep. and perform as well as he did. We know how hard it is to be physically fit to be a Formula One driver, and for him to do that in nowhere is insane. Um, probably yep. watching George. Get a point, not get a point, get a point, not get a point for that whole race was very <laughs> you insane. You hilarious, yeah. Uh, and then probably all the Max off off the track stuff. He was probably one of the funniest, I reckon. <laughs> Which he, stuff? Him, him, <laughs> not that stuff. Him clapping uh, back at people, yeah. him. The stepdad Max. He's... <laughs> Max's one line is him kicking walls, him just being Max. He's yeah. kind of just... He, he's kind of hit this level of like, I'm bloody good at what I do. I'm going to relax yeah. a bit and yeah. loosen up yeah. and we get to see Max. And, and it's kind of like, I'm waiting for you, Red Bull, to catch up to me. It's not, I don't yeah, have to prove Matt. myself to you anymore. Big time. You have to prove yourself to yep. me, which yep. is a big yep. attitude shift. Yeah. Yep. And I really yep. appreciated yep. that. I mean, that's why we love Kimmy. Oh, yeah. That's exactly the reason we love Kimmy. So if we can get a bit more of that out of, out of Max, I'll be very happy. Yeah. And your four, let's, let's give you four because you've got four. I right? had another one and it's just spa. And then Campy's written in the notes, yeah, dog. <laughs> we, I just love spa. It's a great race. Rouge is just the best. What country is it in, Tom? Um, pretty sure it's <laughs> Belgium. <laughs> oh, very well. Camp, very Campy, everything's Campy's renowned for mixing up his rings. He doesn't know where the Red Bull ring and where the Hungara ring is. <laughs> I'll he, get confused between them all. <laughs> Just leave me alone, guys. <laughs> he doesn't know which ring's which ring. <laughs> and oh, then we had the ball. Nürburgring ring and he got extra yeah. confused. He's like, are we going back? I still understand. Look, you, you the fans, you've come on a journey with me about sounding more intelligent. I can assure you that in my head I'm not very... <laughs> we're going to rebrand in 2021. There's discussions about rebranding to the camp show. <laughs> Oh, Featuring. I had a different one, and the acronym was POS. What's yeah, that? We'll, we'll, maybe we'll release that as a second channel. Yeah. Piece of shit. <laughs> That's just no. naming you, isn't it? No. Well, my top three moments for the year were DR's first podium and then him forgetting to do a shoey. Oh, man. And then him, him in the good. caravan afterwards going, I um, forgot to do a shoey. So that. I stayed up half an hour later than I <laughs> wanted to after Waiting that. Like, come on. Oh. Uh, I really enjoyed yep. Scenario 7 for last lap Lando and yes. uh, with Lewis's yeah. uh, penalty, him getting onto the podium for third and just McLaren as a whole, like him and Zach Brown, like, you know, hugging it out. That was awesome because for me it was like, Dude. yes, that's where Danny Rick's going. Class. That's fantastic for the year. McLaren with the most after the bell 
podiums. Yes, seriously. And then um, yeah. uh, celebrating the Monza uh, second for Carlos Sainz, uh, Lando smashing the bottle of Prosecco like, and cutting his hand open. <laughs> and Carlos taking his bottle of winning champagne going, don't you touch this anymore. Uh, <laughs> my, my favorite moments of the year. But look, 2021, hopefully we get a, a full calendar. There's supposed to be 23 races. There might only be 22 or 21 if TBC doesn't come on online. And Melbourne, if that even ends up happening. Hopefully it does. But of course, 2021 is a big year for Oz F1. We promised you at the end of last year, more content was coming out and that is the case. This will be the last podcast you see in this Zoom format. Um, format. We're going to do something more exciting. So thanks for joining us on the journey. If you've left us a review, specifically the person who last left us a review. <laughs> no. I'm not even going to read no. it out. If uh, you're interested in your history, you can read it, it. Can't be fan on the uh, Apple podcast just to read that, that most recent Hello. review. Loved that. That was my oh. favorite review of the year. Are you going red, Campy? <laughs> oh, I'm going red. That was, oh, for you fans, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is a very grim comment. When I have a girlfriend as you, and I intend on marrying her, oh, oh, I'm not stepping out. Is that an online proposal? Welcome to Oz oh. F1 2021, the online marriage proposal uh, service <laughs> for hosts. <laughs> Allegedly. Just saying, I've got no dirt on my back when it comes yeah. to that shit. What's in your hand, though? <laughs> it's like a big pink doobie or something. Yeah. What have you got there? You've been to fish with oh, me. I'm fish bloody me. nervous. I'm <laughs> twitching and... That's my... Uh, it's my cloth to clean the screen before we start. Oh, great. Well, at least you've been doing that the whole way through. I've been twitching. You bring up that comment, made me nervous. <laughs> I haven't even done anything wrong when I'm nervous. I love that. Hey, boys, so I'm looking forward to this year. It's going to be kick-ass. Yeah, uh, and honestly, thanks for your, your comments. Thanks for reaching out to us on all the platforms, on Discord, messaging us on Instagram or on Facebook or emailing me. Um, we've really loved it. 2021 is going to be a big year for us. So thanks for joining us on the Oz F1 journey. Boys, I can't wait for the rest of this year as we do our next thing. Thanks for joining us for this recap podcast of the entire 2020 and we'll see you as we start talking about 2021. Podcast Network.